I think that if higher ed as a whole, right, wants to change the narrative out there about the industry, right, if, if we want to kind of reframe uh, and re-inspire the next generation of students, we all need to do this work. We need to understand what people actually think about us. We need to understand how we use that information to shape the narrative that we believe to be true about us. Hey there, and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. Each week, the Enrollify podcast equips you with insights into how the latest trends in marketing and technology are affecting today's enrollment marketers. Every episode is designed to inspire new creative ideas for how to optimize the resources you do have to generate the results that you need. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Welcome to the show. All right, everybody, we are here again for another episode that is being recorded live at AMA. And today I'm with Caitlin Swisher and Lisa Baer, and we're going to be talking about Social listening, you guys just came, literally just came from your presentation. So let's start with you, Caitlin. Talk to us a little bit about what you guys discussed and and why why it's so important. Absolutely. Um, well, my name's Caitlin. I am a senior strategist at Campus Sonar. Um, we use social listening data to help our campus partners connect the dots between what their online conversations are saying, so what their audiences are saying, and decisions that they need to make on campus. And that can relate to enrollment strategy, branding and marketing, or even strategic planning and organizational strategy. Um, social listening is something that often is misconceptualized because mm. it has that term social in it. So a lot of times folks think that it's just social media, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. It certainly encompasses social media platforms, but as a content source, social is just one piece of it. It encompasses data collection from publicly available data online, from mm. blogs, forums, news, really anything that's out there and available to collect and analyze. And, and that's what we do. Um, so for our session today, um, we um, interacted with our audience, talked a lot about how they can use that data on campus. Mm. Lisa shared some insights around enrollment strategy with her and her team's work at Rosalind Franklin University. We also presented with Matt Sorrell at Utah Valley University around brand and reputation strategy. And then Gabe Welsh at Duquesne University, who spoke to broader um, institutional strategic planning related strategy all leading up to how they can use data in a way that's really accessible to help their cabinets and their boards make decisions. Amazing. One, one of the things that I think Liz Gross, who's uh, your all's founder, said at some point, I don't know if I read a newsletter or she was on, maybe on the podcast and said something like this, but uh, she said something along the lines of social listening sort of being like, you know, digital word of mouth. Like what, what are people actually like saying about you, right? Like what is what is the digital word on the street about about your respective brand? And, and as you mentioned, social media is obviously a part of that. It's, it's by no means like, it, it, you know, uh, that in and of itself. So uh, thanks for that sort of quick little crash course, Caitlin. Lisa, I, I want to hear a little bit about how how you all are are using social listening like how were you first introduced to it and w w did you encounter some problem that you needed social listening to help solve or like what was it that initially attracted you to to this idea of spending time and energy and effort building a program where you could effectively listen socially well first it's really important for us to be a part of the conversation and there's so many conversations going on in the digital space uh, where you don't have visibility on if you don't have a way of social listening. So that's really number one. Mm. Uh, the problem that we wanted to solve initially is to help boost enrollment. Mm. How can we be part of a peer-to-peer -peer conversation and jump in um, in an authentic way and tell stories um, and and really, you know, really 
be part of a conversation, especially yeah. on the, around the prospective student. Yeah. And, and, and so you, did, you, did you think that in order to be able to help tell better stories, in order to boost enrollment, we've, we have to understand what people are saying about us and what they, what they care about us? Yes. We want to know what they're saying, what they care about, what schools are they thinking about mm. versus ours. And um, so we, we use it to understand sentiment. But for enrollment purposes, we really wanted to be commentary. We wanted to provide some conversation. And that was one of the examples that we gave today. Wonderful. I, I'm, Lisa, if you have an example of this, great. Otherwise, Caitlin, I'm sure you have examples in, in other contexts. But I'm curious, with respect to institutions that, that build social listening programs and, 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 and figure out uh, how to essentially understand what the digital uh, word on the street is about the respective programs, does it, does it often start from a, a, an issue that arises? Or like I think about like, I think about, oh, you know, the, there's a scandal or, or, or there's some ba- you know, bad PR. And, and then, you know, the president commissioned something like, well, what are people saying about it? It's like, like, how, like how, what is public perception like now that we're five years out from this, you know, crisis or whatnot? How, how, is that oftentimes the, you know, the way that people start with respect to understanding social listening? Or, or what are sort of the, the core, you know, Lisa, you had, you had a great, uh, uh, a great uh, way of explaining how you got started with this. But how, generally speaking, do people come to understand how important this is. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, issues management is certainly part of it. So there certainly when questions arise, this hang, this thing has happened, what are people are saying? Is this really an issue or not? That's certainly one aspect yeah. um, of listening and one thing that you can use your listening for to help. But I think where it's more useful on an ongoing basis and more comprehensive, it's just really having that full picture of your brand. Yeah. You don't really know how your brand is resonating with your audiences unless you're hearing directly from them. Yeah. So it's really that bigger picture of what are my prospective students are saying? What do they care about? What are the questions that they're asking? Or any other audience that you can identify. You could insert that there too. But I think um, with, with Lisa's example and really where from an admissions and enrollment perspective that it makes a difference yeah. is you can identify in the moment what are those key questions that students have? What's really defining their college going decision Hmm. what's making a difference for them as they choose where to enroll or what's even a viable option um, for us what questions do they have and we've seen a lot of campuses adapt in the middle of the admission cycle based on what they're hearing what questions that they're asking and respond accordingly Um, and certainly from an engagement perspective Lisa has tons of examples of how she and her team have used listening to hear directly from their students and interact with them in real time even when they're not tagged so she'll tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, please do. Yes. Um, one example that was a recent example, using social listening, we were able to identify a prospective student who gave this great post that she had just visited two Chicago schools for physician assistant programs. Okay. She posted a great picture. And in real time, we were able to identify that conversation. We responded um, from our RFU main channels. Then we reached out to faculty Hmm. and we reached out to a second year student that also commented on that post and all of a sudden we're having an authentic real conversation in real time that prospective student really gets a peek into our close-knit community we respond we care you know we're answering and also um, she's got new contacts that she never had before with the university so those are the kind of ways that we want to continue um, to engage our students and that's we have to meet them on the platforms that they are I love it, and, and a question that I'd love you both to answer, Lisa, in your in your context, and then and then Caitlin, obviously more comprehensively. 
uh, how often does uh, does social listening conflict? Like the data that you garner from social listening, how often does that like conflict with other market research tools that you might employ, like a student focus group, right? Is it is it often that sentiment that a student expresses when they're in, you know, a, a room with fluorescent lights with seven other people and they're they're being grilled with questions around where do you find information and you know, et, et cetera. How often how often does the information that you gather from how they're talking about you when you're not in the room, right? Versus how they talk about you when you are in the room. Do those align most of the time? Have you, have you had experiences where you're like, wow, like when we do focus groups, we get this answer, but really this is kind of what folks are saying about us when, when we're not around. I mean, I really can't speak to how those compare and contrast since listening is the core method that we use, but I will say given that the anonymous nature of a lot of the platforms like forums, you're, we're seeing really authentic perspectives. Yeah. There's students and their families are not afraid to really provide honest, <laughs> real-time um, examples of what's happening. So I think that's one of the, the kind of getting to your point about the realistic perceptions, yeah. that's one of the ways that listening can help with that. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking more broadly than that, when you compare just the method itself with social listening being in real time, you're able to see trends over time. Yeah over a longer period of time do comparison and contrast where as with surveys or focus groups you're only capturing them in that moment so yeah. that's one of the things that can be probably a difference maker there in terms of just the time frame that is a part of that yeah yeah and one of the things that it does provide is you know insights into forums like reddit hmm. where we have students um, you know, posting anonymously, asking questions about the uh, admissions process. They've been admitted, they haven't heard, um, those kinds of questions. We can capture and give that to our enrollment team, but also um, we can gauge sentiment and, and with real authentic posts, not just, um, you know, in a survey format. If, if students are, you know, if we've got high or low sentiment in an area, we are pulling um, direct data in real time often uh, for those situations. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think too about the fact that like oftentimes when you're asked a question, I, maybe you guys have experienced this too. I've been, I've experienced this too. You're somebody asks you, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's on the spot and you say, well, I think, you know, this way about this, or, you know, I always do things this way. And then, and then your actual like digital behavior says something entirely different, right? Like how, like how many times have you, have there been focus groups where someone's like, so how did you hear about us? Like to, to a student and they, and they say, um, you know, I, I don't know. I got an email. And in actuality, like maybe they did get that email. Maybe that's how they where they first remember. But there were there were tons of other things that happened, and lots of other things that they did. They they you could look at their search intent over time, like their search history, like what Google searches did they conduct, right, in order to get to uh, you, you know your your event landing page or, or whatever it might be. So I, I'm curious, like how, how what are some other ways that you at least uh, ha have been able to leverage this data to to make informed decisions about where to allocate resources? Like you can't do everything. Uh, you know, all, all the time. How do you use the, the data that you garner through social listening to make practical decisions for how your team spends their time? Well, in one um, one in particular issue, we did have a question from the cabinet about a two programs and wanted to really get some data that would confirm um, if you know what's the perception. Not so we were able to look at sentiment, but again, real time data in those forums hmm. that could support some of the issues and actually highlight some of the potential issues and really have a data-informed decision back to the team. Do you, do you do you find that cabinet oftentimes has a misunderstanding of like the word on the digital street or, or like are they often surprised by 
the data that you all present, or does it pretty much align with, with what they think? That's a great question. Often it's aligned, but there's always surprises, good and bad, right? And there's also conversations that aren't happening, right? So it's a, it's a we've got a record of what's happening that we can track. Of course, there's other things, but I think um, decisions always want to be, you know, we want to present data that's actionable yeah. and true um, and part of the full conversation and social listening does enable that for us. Yeah, what do you want to add to that, Caitlin? One thing that I think often surprises leaders at that level is the sheer volume of conversation, when, especially when they see mm. how much their audiences are talking in contrast to how much is published on their own platforms. Mm. Um, one thing that we've seen consistently across all different campus types is that earned conversation, which is what everybody else is sharing, is at about 70% in contrast to 30%. Hmm. And um, for even at the individual campus level, when you break down that 30% of owned, that's not just what you're publishing on your flagship channels or on your primary um, news sites or whatever the case may be. That's all those other institutional accounts. Yeah. That's athletics. That's yeah. all the different academic units, offices, student services, and so forth. And when they see that small little piece of the pie that's what the flagship team is producing in contrast to everything else is happening, I think that's often very eye-opening when it comes to brand alignment and all the different opportunities there are for fragmentation mm. and then how listening can help align all those things together. So um, that's one where I've seen a lot of the, 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 the big eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in surprise and shock um, when, when we talk through the data and why that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, on, on like a practical like day-to-day -day, like level, like are are you, Lisa, are you, are you going into some dashboard or you're seeing, oh wow, like this is like what people are saying about us today or like like how often realistically are you looking at this and, and how often should you be looking at it? Because you, you can't necessarily make radical change every day. Maybe maybe you guys can, right? That, that's hard for a lot of people to do. So talk to us a little bit about like day in, day out, how, how you're leveraging social listening. Sure. Our social media specialist is looking at this several times a day, and I'm looking at this for engagement. Mm. Um, it, you know, what's rising, what's falling, what's working, what's not, um, and, a, and an hourly basis sometimes. And if there is a potential crisis or some great, if we publish something fantastic yeah. that's got a lot of traction, we also um, are using it to measure what we do next mm. with it. How do we repurpose that content? How do we um, amplify it? Um, so we're really on a multiple levels and we're also wanting to make sure that we are responding um, and engaging in a very timely way with our audience. Do you, from, from a program promotional level, uh, do, do you spend a lot of time actively promoting programs at, at your institution? Is that? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. So when a faculty inevitably, a faculty member inevitably comes to you and says like, hey, why aren't there more like, you know, leads for my <laughs> prospects for my program, right? Do you, do you ever like run like, hey, okay, let's run a little campaign and let's see what the social listening, like, let's see what the, the, the response is and then use that data to help them better understand how people actually perceive their program, you know, regardless of how they might perceive their program? Or I, how do you sort of tie together the campaign work that you might be running in, in marketing land, right, with, with, with social listening? Like, how do, how do they relate? Well, a lot of times on our social campaigns, they're commenting right on our advertising. <laughs> so um, we, we've got some real-time data there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a great way to track it. Yeah, some of our campuses um, have segments based on academic priorities, strategic plan priorities, research pillars, brand pillars. Yeah. And um, one of the examples we talked about in the presentation today actually focused that. Utah Valley University has three dedicated brand segments, and we're able to um, both quantitatively and qualitatively show 
showcase how that is being measured over time. Hmm. So they their entire content strategy is organized into those three areas. So Matt and his team are able to go into their dashboard on a regular basis and see what is the conversation in each of those areas in terms of themes, volume, is it increasing, is it de decreasing, yeah. what are folks saying, um, and so forth. And that's something that we, we do a lot as far as that, that breakdown so that you can proactively see, oh, is economic development being discussed? Is yeah. student success being discussed? Or how do my audiences talk about that? So that's a way that we approach the analysis for a lot of our campuses that have um, those types of plans in place. So. What, what's super interesting about that too is you, you can sort of assess what one constituent member uh, or, or group thinks about a change versus another, right? Like you, like faculty might respond very differently to a, a change than students do, and being able to present that information to cabinet um, will, will will at least just you know be be fuel for for a very active and and hopefully productive conversation. Do you, Lisa, moving forward as you think about like the next twelve to twenty four months? How do you plan to continue to use social listening strategy? Like, do you do you have ideas that you want to test, things that you want to do a little bit differently, or just over the next one to two years, how do you hope to continue to build on the work that you and your team have have already put into place? Well, number one is going to inform our social media strategy hmm. because we really will have a quite a map for what's working and what doesn't. Um, and as far as enrollment, it will also impact some of the ways that we will advertise enrollment hmm. because we are able to look at sentiment. We are able to look at comments and know what's resonating. So it will inform both of those areas very directly. Wonderful. Caitlin, what about you? When you when you think a little bit more comprehensively about how you, how you all are helping your, your campus partners think through the next 12 to 24 months, what are some things that are you know, timely and, and, and top of mind from, from your perspective. Yeah, we've been thinking a lot at Campus Sonar about the idea of trust, and mm. that's something that in our broader industry research, just from a big picture standpoint, how audiences think about higher ed, what is really meaningful for them, what questions do they continue to have as um, just our world continues to evolve. So that's something that has been front of mind for us mm. as we approach our bigger picture kind of analyses of what is the state of higher education. Um, and then for our campuses, how they can use that to inform what they're doing. So um, one of the things that um, I, I kind of alluded to earlier is are the different segmentations around priority. Mm. So a lot of our campuses are in adding to um, our different research approaches for them in those different ways. So they're learning more about what are the, the academic programs that, yeah. um, that are being responded to or how are they um, being prioritized by their audiences or different research areas. How do those shape their brand or even how do I measure the effectiveness of a strategic plan. So that's where we're continuing with more complexity, really helping um, campus leaders make decisions in those different areas. We, you talked a little bit uh, earlier about forums and, and monitoring forums. What about, how are you guys thinking about private communities? Like I think about like Zimi, for example, right? And I'm sure that there's a lot of in really interesting listening that could happen there. Do you guys work with them or do you guys work with other like private communities to help add to the, the the conversation or how does that work? Yeah, at this point right now, private communities like that do not have the the connection or the API where we're able to establish them. It's yeah. very much what we can do is from a public available data sure, standpoint. Sure, sure. Um, so that is not um, an opportunity right now, but I mean, there's certainly value to that in building community, whether it's in a space that's, that's more private like that or in a publicly available space like forums. As long as students and their families are getting answers to the questions they have, that's what's yeah. most important here. Um, and just having an opportunity to get 
get them connected to the information that they need and to, to help them um, make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am I'm so thankful for you both taking some time to chat with me today. And quite frankly, I think that this, this is such an interesting area. And in, in some ways it feels like, like I think about, you know, back in the day when these marketing automation platforms, social media management platforms first came out and like you could do like monitoring, like, you know, and, and I remember being like, oh, this is so cool. I can like Google, you know, my, my name or my brand's name and I can see the conversation that's happening around this. But then it, it wasn't always obvious how to, how to like leverage that, right? Like, like how, how do you actually use this to make strategic decisions? And so I think that the work that you guys are pioneering at Campus Sonar are, are, is just absolutely fantastic and, and um, more folks need to need to think through how this works in, in their context. And Lisa, I think you and your team and the work that you've done so far is, is very impressive. And I, I really do hope that folks who are listening to this conversation can continue to learn from you and learn from the, the work that you and your team are doing because I think that if higher ed as a whole, right, wants to change the narrative out there about about the industry, right? If, if we want to kind of reframe uh, and re-inspire the next generation of students, we, we all need to do this work. We need to understand what people actually think about us. We need to understand how we use that information to shape the narrative that we believe to be true about us. So thank you both so much for your time. Absolutely, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Enrollify podcast. The Enrollify podcast is brought to you by Enrollify, a learning community for enrollment managers and higher education marketers. Enrollify was built to empower enrollment marketers with the ideas, the strategies, and the tools that they need to optimize the resources that they do have to generate the results that they need. You can explore our other podcasts like Starter Stories and CRM Prov, or sign up for one of our newsletters, or even watch an episode of Frideas, our weekly video segment, at enrollify.org. And if you know anyone that you think that we should have on this show or any one of our other shows, please reach out to me directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. Again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. And I'd be happy to chat with you about getting you or someone you know on one of our shows.